Hey, if you suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, make sure you call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. Free consultations are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Dial 713-322-HURT. That's 713-322-HURT. Or you can go to the website, DaspitLaw.com. The silver boot is back in Yeah, it's official. Take down the boot again. The golden jug, the nickel hammer, the spittoon, wooden bucket, or some type of hoe, the garden arrangement, garden arrangement, the rickety plow, rickety plow, rickety plow, 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 rickety, rickety plow, plow. We play for silver boot. If I'm not mistaken, the silver boot originally was made of crystal. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. Which was dumb. The silver boot. It should be silver, right? We play for well, silver the silver boot, boot resides here. Joining us now, Dave Raymond from Valley Sports Southwest, the voice of the Texas Rangers on the television. And formerly. He, and former Houston Astro announcer, radio announcer, here in the city of Houston until he got Milo'd. And then, <laughs> and now he and C.J. Nitkowski are the uh, the play-by-play voices of their television broadcast. And I cannot believe Dave Raymond with us once again here. Dave, I, you are too much tongue-in-cheek. You played that so straight the other day of how unimpressed you were by Jose Altuve that the number of people on Twitter that are so stupid really amazed me. It really, really amazed me. But you played, you could not have played that straighter. Maybe... You you were too convincing. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's the uh, uh, the gag, right? Uh, what was Tim McCarver's line like a hundred years ago when he was he was asked about Bob Gibson and he said like Bob Gibson I think was the luckiest pitcher in the game because <laughs> yeah. he only pitched when the other team didn't score. Yeah, it's like. Oh, yeah, that's genius. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it's basically the same concept. But at that point in the game, the other night, I mean, we were, who knows what the score was. It's not <laughs> like it happened right after his third home run in three innings. Uh, you know, we're, we're, at this point, we're probably a couple innings past that. And I mean, the score was probably even worse. It was probably 10 to 1 or whatever. And we're just trying to fill some space and, and get through it, have a little fun. Because uh, it was an otherwise miserable night stacked upon a couple weeks of miserable nights. So, anyway, yeah, just, just goofing. For those who missed it, Dave uh, and CJ were talking about Jose Altuve. This is after he'd had three home runs in three consecutive uh, three consecutive innings. A home run every inning for he the first three. He had three innings. home runs before the Rangers had their seven, eight, and nine hitters up. Yes, that's accurate. And then he also was working off of having his, obviously, the home run the game before. So it, in his last at-bat, so he'd had four consecutive home runs. Uh, was just, you know, it's just been killing a ball. And you guys made a joke about, I mean, look, if they're going out of the park, yeah. But if, you know, I don't know if these would be hits if it stayed inside the fence. Like, it's easy to have a hit if it goes over the fence. But, and Astros fans, for if you didn't miss it, they, they missed the comedy. I love the, the comedy was great. Uh, it was because you were into the bit. Like, yes, obviously, if they were in, 
Yeah. I can't believe you had. I had to explain the comedy to people. Well, it was delivered poorly. No, you didn't get the joke. <laughs> And so you're mad, and so you're going to the the delivery was deadpan. It was supposed to be. It was great now, delivery. Now, from you know, forget about the comedy for a second. Um, this is this is a strange situation for Rangers fans because there was all this hope, all this excitement. You had Degrom, you had Scherzer. Then we know what happened with Degrom. Scherzer had been hurt, but you're still you know hanging in, and, and players are playing great. Throw you know pitchers and hitters. And now is the fade. Now is coming the fade right now. And this has got to be a really, really challenging time to get swept by the Astros because now it feels like it's lifeboat situation where it's sink or swim. It is. Um, it's amazing because the you know the euphoria of the beginning of the year, the first whatever 120, 130 games was so great. And I mean. We, we, we knew that the team would be better. I think people were prepared for that, even though the projections still had us at roughly a 500 team this year. I mean, man, they were, they were exceeding that. There was 20 some odd games over 500 and it just seemed like it was an easy game. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, the, somebody just turned the spigot off. I mean, just flat turned it up. They've lost. Uh, whatever it is, 15 of their last 19 games now. And, and the thing about it is, the thing about these like 15 of 19 is they're hopeless. I mean, they, they, like the majority of the games, uh, they haven't been like this last Astros series. That was cruel and unusual. Um, but you just, you just have the sense every night that the bullpen was going to struggle and have trouble holding a lead if you were able to get it. And so many times they would come back and, and fight back to tie it or get a lead, and then it would just disappear. But, yeah, it, this, is, this has been um, a, a stunning collapse. And yet, at the same time, you know, they, they signed so many of these pitchers who had histories of injury. And I think it, and they oversigned, right? I mean, I think they went out and they got more than what appeared to be necessary for most teams, and the reason is, I think, because they had to know that some of this was coming. Nathan Avaldi's missed six or seven weeks, just came back. Um, but really, the starting rotation hasn't been the issue. It's been the bullpen, which really wasn't addressed, uh, and uh, at least during the offseason, they, they've made a couple moves around the trade deadline, but just not enough. Just not enough. They don't have enough in the tank in the bullpen, and um, it, is, it is a massive collapse right now. And the only question is, is, as bad as it has been, is can they just stop it? Can they just play even 500 ball from here and give themselves a shot at a wild card? But that's, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, I guess, try again on Friday. But it's, it's been rough. This was, for most of the season, this was the, one of the best hitting teams and pitching teams in all of baseball. And, you know, I, I know the bullpen has been, is there anything, I mean, but the bats aren't the same either. Is there anything you can pinpoint? Well, yeah. In fact, the the pitching, you know, has certainly taken the, the the spotlight. But the collapse that we've seen coincides almost directly to Josh Young being hurt when he he took a line drive off his glove hand and he actually completed the double play. Um, but you know, he bobbled it and then you know picks it up, starts the double play, and and we're done with the inning. We're like, whoo, that was you know that was lucky, but. It turns out, no, it was quite unlucky. He broke his thumb on, on the line drive and, and went out. And 
I think we won two or three games, maybe right in the, the immediate aftermath, but then all of a sudden it just it collapsed, it cratered. The offense, I mean, there's been some guys like Corey Seager, who, who is just tremendous at what he does, but the rest of the offense has just suffered mightily since then. And I think, I think the offensive collapse, just, I don't know, it, it seems uh, in a way more impactful to me uh, just because, they used to they used to cover up a lot of the pitching problems with that great offense, and right now they they can't do it. They they don't seem to be able to put together long innings, the big innings anymore. Uh, they just have more holes in the lineup, and I think you know, force other guys into feeling like they they might have to do a little more than they normally would. But it's it's created a, a, a huge issue. But that that injury that injury to Josh Young, I think, is probably as impactful, if not more so, than than any of them. They, they covered up. Jacob DeGrom, for the best part. I mean, Jacob goes down. Yeah. That's a tough guy to lose. But they didn't really skip a beat. And But when Josh Young went down, that's when things really seemed to change. In your years of, of covering Major League Baseball, have you ever seen a three-game series like this where one team was that good offensively? 50 hits and 16 home runs in three games. Uh, n- no, I got news for you. Um, not only have I not seen anything like that, <laughs> right. but... No one has ever seen anything like that, right? That's right. what the numbers tell us. Well, it was better than uh, 12 runs and more than five or more home runs per game in a three-game series. It's never, ever happened. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was a beating. So I grew up in Nebraska, and as a result, it was my birthright and obligation to be a huge Husker fan, which has since been nothing but torture. But um, as a child... Growing up, watching the Huskers, that's what they did to football teams week in, week out. Basically the equivalent of what the Astros did this last weekend to the Rangers. And it was fun, man. It was a blast. Every week was a party because you're just just pounding lumps on somebody. But, um, uh, no, I've never seen anything like that. Um, And I don't want to say it felt inevitable, but but in – in the early stages of the game, when, when you know a home run or two would go out, you're like, uh-oh, here we, here we go again. The first game Monday felt like it might be interesting as they went back and forth a little bit through the, the first five innings. But I guess it was the seventh inning when they went, when uh, Houston put up the five runs or whatever it was, six runs, I, I can't remember, um, and just cracked that thing wide open. And from that point on, it was over. I mean, it was just curtains. How much worse is it up there because it was the Astros? Well, probably a lot worse. Um, you know, there it's uh, the Rangers feel great about being more competitive this year, and I think that there is. I, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if anybody would deny this, but maybe they would just out of uh, some sort of professional courtesy or something. But come on, we all, we all know what's going on, right? It's the in-state rival, mm-hmm. and when when this started with interleague play years ago, I, I remember thinking, well, who cares? <laughs> it just doesn't really matter. Um, this isn't really a rival. You're trying to tell us it's a rival. And then, of course, the switch into the American League for Houston, now in the same division and whatnot. This is legit. I mean, there's something to the territory and, and the proximity to one another. These teams want to be the, you know, they, they want to be the big dog in, in, in the fight. So, um, I think I think it's just harder to stomach for certainly for fans and 
you know, the players love to deny everything, right? No player ever reads anything. They don't hear anything. Every day is the same. They don't, and I, I, I find that hard to believe. I just, I can't believe that that would be true. So I, I, I really have to believe that for at least a number of guys, it has to sting that much worse. There's no doubt. I mean, it's, it's been a long run. Every, every time I think maybe, well, geez, they, they, they lost Verlander, they lost Springer, you know, the changes are afoot, uh, uh, they, no more Guriel. You just, I don't know. Houston just finds a way. They just keep reloading. And, um, it seems like this run will go on forever. And, and may, this may just be the, the purgatory that, that, uh, the rest of us are going to have to live in. I don't know. It, it, I, I can't. I can't quite figure out why it never slows down for that team. We can't. I mean, honestly, we can't, we can't either. either. And it's it's it defies logic to some extent. But some of it has to do with the new guys like Chaz McCormick and Yiner Diaz stepping up. And but that's why your minor leagues have to be. You have to draft well. You have to grow your own talent because as teams who are trying to buy, you mentioned buying Degrom and buying and trading for, um, you know, trading for Scherzer. When you start getting your hands on either older players or injured players, and you start trying to overpay or, or trying to generate that. I mean, it can work, but it doesn't work as much as people would like to believe. And, and that's why the grow your own method is, the, is easily the best way to sustain long-term success. Easily. Because, I mean, club control lasts for, for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and the success that the Astros have had in the Dominican Republic uh, and trading for guys like Jordan Alvarez, and I don't know how much of an eye they had on Jordan before he signed with the Dodgers, but um, the success they had in those markets has just been amazing. And and frankly, the creativity that they that they used there, you know, guys like Framber Valdez, who they didn't sign until he was 21 years old. Anyone who has followed baseball knows if once you're 16 years old in the Dominican. You're done. Mm-hmm. Your clock, has, your time has expired. You either get signed by a major league team or you're, you, they pass on you. You don't get signed at 17, 18 years old. And for the life of me, I don't, I don't know why that has always been the case, but I can say this much, uh, and Somber's not the only one, right? They've, gone out, they, they've done this over and over again where they have found guys who have been 19, 20 years old who they sign out of the Dominican and become superstars and – uh, I, so whatever it is, they, they've, uh, you know, Ozzie Campbell, I think, has to get a lot of credit for that. I know he's no longer with the organization, but he was instrumental in pretty much all of those signings. I don't know what Oz knew, but he knew something, and um, there's no question. You're right. The player development side was, was genius. And I remember, you know, listen, I was there when they, when they decided to take the nosedive voluntarily and very willingly uh, decided – the hell with it. We're going to clear the books. Um, we're going to load the system as much as possible we'll, with draft picks and with trades, and then we'll build. We'll just build from there. They, they proclaimed it. They foreshadowed it. And my goodness, they executed it. And, you know, they, they, they continue to reap the rewards of that. So, I, you know, bully on them. They, they did a pretty good job with that. Dave Raymond, great of you to do this after – after that, those last three games that you had to uh, call, I know it couldn't have been easy. We appreciate you and keep up the uh, the the fun work that you're doing. You, it, it was amazing how many people fell 
for for that your explanation or your well, he wasn't trying to trick people it's just satire and, satire and, right it's just and and sarcasm yeah well if you keep it in the yeah. ball those if you keep it in the park those things aren't hit yeah they're not hit I mean, no. you got to give the, the fielders a chance really. yeah. to field them right yeah, so, show some guts good good stuff dave we appreciate it man uh best of luck the rest of the way we hope you're in the postseason we hope that uh that you guys get there screw toronto nobody wants to, who wants toronto in there Go no, back. no. It'll be more fun, right? If we can, if we can get the neighbors in and really, yeah. really ramp this thing up a little bit, that would be a hoot, man. Who knows? It's, it's still possible. They, they, they've got time to figure it out, but um, we, we know we know one team will be there. So, <laughs> well, good luck with that the rest of the way. Thanks, folks. Appreciate Thanks, a, a little bit of a sense of humor. That's it. Dave Raymond with us here this morning on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. Good stuff. But yeah, we'd much rather have the Rangers in there. You see how they play against the Rangers versus how they play against the Mariners or the, or Toronto? Yeah. So, yeah, we'd love to have the Rangers in there. Time for me to talk about Doc Manavise and uh, Access Vascular Health. It's, it's awfully important, guys. If you have any issues whatsoever with your prostate, if you're getting older, chances are you do have uh, prostate issues that is going to expand. And if it does expand, it could, you know, it could have issues with your kidney, your, your, um, your bladder, uh, your urinary tract, you could get urinary tract infections, all of this stuff. And, and it happens. It just happens naturally. If there's no cancer involved, Doc Manavise is here for you. It's basically an IV. Uh, it used to perform surgery, uh, and it's the worst surgery that you could possibly imagine, where they stick stuff up, a knife up there, and then they cut. It's awful, awful, awful. What you want is Doc Manavise. And you want the IV, You it takes about an hour, a little over an hour. It's basically an hour and 15 minutes because you want to sit there. And Doc wants you to stay for, hang around for about a half an hour after it's done. It's awesome. So if you have, you think you have prostate issues, if you're peeing too much, if you can't stop, you can't start, you can't stop, you have to go so often, you're getting up in the middle of the night. All of these things could be an, exp- uh, uh, an enlarged prostate. Doc Manavis is here for you. Get there, 975prostate.com, 975prostate.com. Tell her you heard it right here. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. You guys have had to sit through these two being lazy and letting other people do all the talking on the show. So I'm going to give you a chance to win something. Houston fans have been waiting for this for a long time. Big 12 football. The Cougars will clash with the with last year's national championship runner-up, the TCU Horn Frogs. It's time to fill up TDECU Stadium. Buy a Cougar buy a Cougar Paw package, which includes three games, and you can select TCU as one of your games. Packages include is only $66 and doesn't include Texas. Sorry about that, but it is only $66. Get your tickets today to go to uhcougars.com slash tickets or call 713-GO-COUGS. We're giving away a pair of tickets to caller 12 at 925-713-780-3776. So you can win some tickets, enjoy your time, and then also pay for some tickets because the Cougars are going to provide action all year long in their first year in the Big 12. So caller 12 at 925-713-780-3776 was a pair of tickets to the Cougs TCU game in not this Saturday, but the Saturday after. All right. We haven't even mentioned it. Not great news for the Texans. Not great news. Titus Howard uh, placed on injured reserve. What is it? No, I don't, I don't want to make He's going to miss at least the first four games. Okay. He was placed on the injured reserve list uh, yesterday. 
He had the hand injury. He had surgery. He cannot play. We thought they rushed him back. He can't get it done. He's going to miss the first four games. Hopefully he'll be back after that. But now Fant starts at right tackle, right? Uh And Josh Jones is going to start at left guard. And Jarrett Patterson going to start at center. Shaq Mason, of course, at the right guard. And and Laramie Tunsil left tackle. This doesn't bode well. Doesn't bode well for the club. Titus Howard and Shaq Mason, you hope, would have built up a little bit. Although Titus Howard has been out a lot. Maybe he's going to have more. I never thought Titus was going to be back at this point. Like, it never sounded like it was only recently that they started acting like, you know, we just don't know. We're going to see. It's going to be, listen, you got a brand new, you got a a left guard who's a tackle who you you picked up with a draft pick. You've got a center who's a rookie. You got Shaq Mason who's new, but you know an established NFL pro, and you got a right tackle who's a backup right tackle who has to step in and and start. It's it's they've got to run the ball effectively for C.J. Stroud. And they Drew, have wait, got. To. So you've lost Questenberry who was going to start, Juice Scruggs who was possibly going, Kenyon Green who was going to start, Titus Howard who was going to start. Mm-hmm. I mean, holy crap! What did you? What was your uh, evaluation of Jared Patterson? Um. Actually, like Daniel Jeremiah and I would get in arguments about him. That's a weird, you know, DJ didn't like him at all. And I'm like, eh, he's just kind of getting guys blocked. Like, I I actually liked him okay. He kind of grew on me a little bit. I'll, I'll read to you what I wrote. But, you know, DJ just didn't didn't think he was a, a player. Um, my draft grade on him was uh, 585, which is a backup, just kind of a, a very average backup. But um, I had him in the sixth, going in the sixth round, and I said, Compact guard center with adequate run blocking talent, but athletic limitations that create concerns and protection. Patterson's short arms are mitigated by efficient, accurate hand strikes and an ability to stay connected to his run short blocks. Short arms are all right at center, right? Eh, you don't love it, but you know, you'd rather have it there than outside. Yeah, right. But one thing I like is he stays connected to his run blocks. So when you run outside zone and inside zone, you want him to stay connected. You don't want him being bounced off easily. That usually shows good core strength, usually shows good footwork. I said he might not shine individually, but he works effectively with teammates on double teams. He has good contact balance and rarely gets cheated with the firmness of his first contract. His feet aren't as quick as his eyes, which is apparent when he's forced to deal with redirecting against athletic rushers. He's scheme-dependent needs to prove he has the functional athleticism to win more than he loses. He's okay. You know, I view him as, a, as, as, a, as an average backup, and... I think that athletically is where you're going to see him challenged from a pass pro standpoint. I do think he'll be a decent run blocker, but I just think once he has to move to, if he has to move too much in pass pro, he could have issues, but he was, a, you know, he had, he started plenty of years at, at Notre Dame. He's had good offensive line coaches. Um, I'm, I'm okay with him being there. I really am. I just, I think that, you know, he'll get overwhelmed because he's just not physically as good as the guy across from him. Juice Scruggs will be better off when you're there. But actually, he doesn't make me as nervous as Josh Jones at left guard does. I'm actually a little worried about Josh Jones at left guard. Yeah, yeah I just, he's a long-arm guy who you worry about those little warthogs down in the middle in the trenches being able to get into you quickly when you have that kind of link. Like, one of the things about shorter-arm guys is they can get them into you quicker uh, as from a blocking standpoint. If you're a big, if you're a tall tackle with long arms and you're trying to play guard, Man, you better be quick with your hands because if they get into you, they will push you back into the pocket. 
and that's what bothers me about this matchup. I just don't think it's a great matchup. Texans are a ten point fa- uh, ten point dog. Um, yeah, I actually think that's a pretty good number. I have a hard time getting too excited about the Ravens lay, laying that number. We'll have five star coming up in just a couple of minutes, and we'll ask him about it. We'll dig in with him. Had not addressed it, but uh, Titus Howard not going to be there for at least the first four games. Hopefully, Juice will come back. Hopefully, Titus will be back. And, you know, you lost Questenberry and you lost Kenyon Green already for the season. But, um, you know, this is this is a problem. This is a problem, and especially in this game with this, this, this Ravens team. His first, CJ's first start. Hopefully they'll be able to generate something on the ground for Damian Pierce to ease up the uh, pass rush on CJ, and and hopefully the Texans don't fall way far behind so that the Texans uh, they have to pass and uh, that won't bode well for CJ, not at all. So here we go. We got this on Sunday, and oh by the way, Nick's place. We're going to be giving away free Coors Light. So let's go get on over to Nick's place to watch the game on Sunday because we'll be giving away free free Coors Lights uh, the entire game for that entire game. So let's go. Get on over to Nick's place, 27-13 Rocky Ridge. How do you bet on this game? There's one way to go. It's mybookie.ag, promo code BET975. Five Star's coming in here with some picks. Where are you going to bet those picks? Five Star's been great, great so far this year. So Five Star is giving you winners, where are you going to bet them? MyBookie.ag. Promo code BET975. You get a welcome bonus. In other words, you're going to have more money to play with than you deposit. Plus, you're going to get a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. I don't know what that chip is worth, but you get a free chip. What the heck? You're, you're not doing it. At, at your local bookie, you ain't getting that. I'm going to tell you that right now. And they've got this cash out early using the fund. So if you hit the first two legs of your parlay, you say, well, I'm not sure about this third leg. I'm going to cash out early. You're not going to get your six to one, but you're going to get whatever it or five to one, whatever it is that you got. But you're going to get something because you won those first two games, and then you could use it on another bet or let it ride for a chance at the bigger payday. All you got to do is go to mybookie.ag. Nobody else is giving that out an early cash out. Nobody. So here's the deal: if you're looking for a great way to play, win, and get paid, mybookie.ag promo code bet nine seven five. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with mybookie. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, 933 ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. John and Lance, along with Dell, bringing in Five Star in Vegas. Five Star in Vegas has been red hot for you this year, just picking winners for you. He had what he Colorado Moneyline. He had a ticket on Colorado Moneyline last no, week. No, he didn't. Ask him. Wow. What did that pay? Well, I don't know. Was it Moneyline or was, what was that? Well, maybe well, I jumped in money live line. on was the money it? line, guys. I jumped in live after I saw a couple drives. Oh, that's what it was. On the okay. money line. Yeah, oh. plus 375. I had uh, plus 20 and a half at the beginning of the game. But after I saw how easily they went down the field and saw how the protection was holding up, I was like, oh, they're going to win this game. You got like a two to one payback on that live action, though. Close Four to, to one, it. three, three seventy five. Three seventy five. Oh, three seventy five on the live action. On the live action. Oh, yeah. crap! Yep. Holy. Yep. Well, a, a twenty point dog. You yeah. know, it's about what it is. Yeah, yeah, but he after the first couple of scores, they brought that way down. Uh, yeah, it was worrisome though at the end of the game. I mean, as TCU just kept on running, going down the field. Uh, do you feel okay? What kind of feelings do you got for Colorado this week against Nebraska? 
Oh, it's going to be the tough one. Uh, actually, me and I don't know if you guys know Sean King. That uh, well, of course you do. He used to uh, be the quarterback for Tampa Bay yeah. Bucks. He he works for a local station out here covering sports betting. Good friend of mine. We were just chopping it up last night for about thirty minutes about that game. I'm going to stay away from it most likely. Uh, it's a weird number because we got eighty percent of the tickets in town coming in on Colorado after their showing last week, but the numbers stand at three. But then it's hard for me to go against. Uh, Prime, Coach Prime in uh, Colorado, simply because we've seen Nebraska's offense, we've seen Colorado's offense. We know that Colorado's going to be able to score uh, regardless. Now I'm wondering how does Nebraska score? They're going to bring in um, a backup quarterback because, uh, as I told you guys last week, I'm not impressed at all with the, the kid that they have on the center that transferred from Georgia State, uh, Jeff Sims. So he threw three interceptions last week. Then you have another factor with the fact that Matt Rule went after Dion uh, before the season and kind of said some you know slick remarks about him and uh, his program. So I don't know; it's either going to be real close or we're going to see a blowout by Colorado. But I know it's a lot of money on Colorado. Yeah, that's that's the thing. At some point, there's going to be an overvaluing, but I don't. It typically Vegas doesn't change drastically. But they will make some changes. The money will change it, though. But I, I still think you have some value on Colorado for at least one more week, and that's with Nebraska, who you just mentioned. I don't uh, love 80% of the bets on them. No, though. I don't either, but I also don't love yeah. Jeff Sims at quarterback for Nebraska. Well, but if they're going to go with the backup, then that's another story. Well, I don't care who the the quarterback is. If You better be able to score against Colorado. Yeah. I mean, that's the one yeah, thing. Colorado and SC are over teams, guys. You could almost bet them weekly. You just live with the results with Colorado and USC on the overs every week. You, you've got a game that I find very intriguing, and it's Kansas is laying a small number against Illinois. Illinois struggled a little bit last week. Um, Kansas is a team. Jason Bean was quarterback. Daniels is out. Uh, Jaden Daniels is out right now, so Jason Bean took over. But he had a lot of starts last year and, and, and put up some good numbers as well. Kansas took care, of business, took care of business last week. It's a low number for a Kansas team that showed last year that they're a pretty, they're a pretty competitive team. I, I was surprised to see the number as low as it is. Well, I think that the books are banking on the fact that uh, history uh, with Big Ten team, Illinois, the brand, uh, Brett Billum was a good coach, and I think that's why they dangled that number out there. Because um, the most glaring advantage for me on this game, as you said, is at the quarterback position. You look at Kansas' uh, quarterback room, it's really nice. They have, as you said, uh, Jason uh, Bean, and then they also have um, Jalen Daniels, very athletic guy, one of the highest recruits that Kansas has ever gotten. And uh, then you look at the other side with Illinois, they have a kid who hasn't had too many snaps, and Luke Altmaier, he transferred from Ole Miss, I don't know much about him. I saw a little bit of his game film last week. wasn't nothing that really impressed me much. I just don't believe Altman has had enough snaps to go into a Rockets environment like Lawrence is going to be on Friday night. You know, Kansas has rarely had primetime standalone games uh, throughout his history. This is going to be just a huge deal to that fan base, to the students, and most of all to the football team. Uh, Brett Bellum, as I said, he's one of the most solid coaches. But then you have Lance Lipo at Kansas. He's done an amazing job. You know, for years, uh, Kansas was the doormat for everyone in the Big 8 and the Big 12, and he's made them respectable now. And the arrows are pointing up. Illinois has long struggled to score points, and I just don't see how they keep up with this explosive Kansas offense. I'd actually prefer being under center uh, than I would um, 
with the other kid, Daniels, because Bean can stretch the defense, man. He can go up top. He's very accurate in the passing game. He transferred from North Texas. I don't know if he's a Texas kid or not. I think he is, but uh, he went to North Texas. And you saw last week, Illinois struggled just to slow down Toledo, and I think the Kansas' offense is much more efficient than Toledo's is. Uh, Lipo will have an advantage against a weaker uh, Brett Billima defense when he's used, used to incorporating uh, in Champaign. You know, he usually has rock-solid defense, and that's what they lean on. I just can't trust their quarterback, so I'm going to go with Kansas minus two. And we'll also take them on the money line, you know, just to be safe. I just really believe this game is really more important to Kansas than Illinois land. It's just scary. You know what scares me the most? It's only minus two. I mean, and it actually it came should da- be. It actually came down a little bit. That's that's uh, to me is ridiculous. I, I just don't. Get it. Kansas should be good. a much bigger Long-term favorite. Long term, trust your good, Lance and John. Just trust your good. You yeah. know, if you get to thinking over and over, you know, a lot of times you miss money because the books do make mistakes as well. You know, so sometimes you just got to trust your football eye and live with it. And I know it gets tricky with those numbers. That's that's the whole point of it. They want you overthinking, and uh, you know, sometimes you miss an opportunity that you know are there. So uh, we got Kansas minus two, and then the other game. Uh, boy, you don't, I don't. Hey, you don't make a living betting against USC, but you like Stanford here, huh? Yeah, I like Stanford plus twenty nine and a half. I I've done really well on USC games this year. We you know the first week we took San Jose State and the over. Um, both were able to cash, and last week we took Nevada. Oh, excuse me, the over just in that game sixty six and a half on the wagering world. Um, the Stanford Cardinal. Um, or their rival, they played them many times over the years. The, Card- uh, the Cardinals have been very competitive with the Trojans. In fact, they split the last 10 matchups. I'm a big fan of Stanford's new head coach, Sue Troy Taylor. He had a lot of success with uh, Sacramento State and the FCS, and uh, I really like the way the team looked at a tough Hawaii team last week. Hawaii was really inspired through the tragedies that are going on in the island, in particular Maui, but Taylor had his team prepared to play, and they dominated that game in the second half. We all know what USC can do. We all know that Kalen Williams is going to get his. We know the Trojans are going to score points. They've been money on all the overs on the totals. But we also know that their defense can't stop a cold. Uh, the Trojans' defense had a better showing last week, but that was a limited Nevada uh, Wolfpack team. This is a much better team in Stanford that they're facing. I really like their quarterback, Ashton Daniels. Big, strong, smart kid. Very accurate. Can run the ball. Great in short yardage situations. Also, Stanford has Emma Smith's uh, son, EJ Smith. He's a really good player, and I expect Troy Taylor to set up ways for them to feed him. Uh, Taylor likes to run his offense horizontal. He doesn't really go vertical. He tries to stretch out the defense, and that opens up holes uh, in the running game. And I think that Smith is going to take advantage of that. He's a really good back. It's just that he's, you know, wanted to go to Stanford for the education. He could have went anywhere in the country. And I think people are kind of sleeping on Stanford in the program that they are 30 points. Uh, it's kind of disrespectful, if you ask me. Uh, so I'm going to be with Troy Taylor and uh, the talented and smart kids of Stanford, man. Give me the 29 and a half for Stanford on the road to USC. There it is. So we got Kansas minus two and Stanford plus 29 and a half. If it goes down, how low do you go if that number moves? Right. Guys, September 30th. I'm, I already booked my hotel. I got to go be there. Got USC at Colorado. The over and under is going to be 80. <laughs> so uh, I look forward to going down there and watching that game. Man, that's one to stay locked in on. But, yeah, man, USC, you can pretty much do overs on them. 
looks like every guy. Who you guys got tonight on the NFL? I like uh... – <sighs> Man, it's so hard because everyone's on the Detroit train and Chris. But I, I actually like the the Chiefs. I, I think like anything below that seven, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Uh, I don't think you're going to see them unfocused. I like the I like the over. Okay, yeah, I could see the, I could see both of those reaching out. I'd probably be on the side with both you guys. I would like definitely uh, Kansas City. They're the champs. Uh, it's a lot being pushed about. You know the the Kelsey narrative too much for me. Uh, as you said, you still got Patrick Mahomes, and people forget that uh, Kansas City has a pretty good defense. This is a new spot for Detroit being, you know, in the prime time and being all the lights on them in the standalone. So we'll see how they perform, but I got to trust Patrick Mahomes. And as you said, John Over is always the play when you got those two teams facing each other. Absolutely. There you have it. That's five star in Vegas. Kansas minus two. And uh, Stanford plus twenty nine and a half. No, I, I, what I meant was how low of a number. If, if Stanford goes down to twenty eight, goes down to twenty seven and a half, you still taking them? Yeah, I think that they're good. Anything under twenty eight points, I really think it's going to be a little bit closer than people expect. I, don't get me wrong, USC will definitely win, but uh, Stanford showed me a lot. I don't know if you guys saw them last week at Ohio. I mean, at Hawaii, they have some players, man. They have some really mm-hmm. good receivers. They always have an NFL tight end, and they have another one over there now. And then, as I said, E.J. Smith, Emma Smith's son. So um, um, be careful. Troy Taylor's a pretty sharp guy. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how that one goes. We're not, we can't let you out of here without – Wagering world. Yeah, we can't let you out of here also without Texans-Ravens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, we got uh, the Wagering world coming up tomorrow night. 7 p.m. Everyone tune in. We'll be live on 97.5 and 92.5. We'll have some winners for you guys. Uh, about three more winners, so you have a total of five for the week, so you guys can go get you some money. Uh, there it is. Okay, so he's going to tell you about that tomorrow night. Wagering World, 7 o'clock right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Five Star in Vegas, as always, bro. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. All right, and I've got something, too, in the Wagering World, if you want to know the truth. Tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Well, oh, no, no. We got DJ Bienemy at 9 o'clock, right? So tomorrow, right after DJ Bienemy, 9.15, 9.15, 20, right in that neighborhood, we're going to play Beat the Limo Guy. Oh, Justin's back. Justin's back. Beat the Limo Guy. It's been a couple guy. of years since we had that. So at 9.50, exactly, we'll take caller number four. You're going to play Beat the Limo Guy. You pick five games against the spread. He picks five games. You can't pick the same games. Well, you can pick the same game, but you've got to pick the other side. And Justin pick... will always get first choice. And Justin gets first choice. If but it's game. your five games. If you beat the limo guy, you don't beat him if you went 2-2-1 two, two, and one, and he goes 2-3. and three. You have to actually beat him. You have to beat the limo guy. More, More wins. wins. More wins. You're going to get four tickets to a baseball game Monday night in the second row. And so you can't use Monday Night Football. You can't use Monday Night Football because it's got to be decided on Sunday. But it's all NFL games. You pick five games. He picks five five teams. He picks five teams. And uh, you get the limo ride there and back and four tickets second row to a baseball game in the city of Houston at a place called the Ju- Juice Box. Okay? If you like nicknames, sure. Uh, you're going Monday night with four tickets. As far as the logistics, you sh- please be a person who can be available to be on the air tomorrow at, at that point. time. Because I'm going to have your number. I'm going to call you, and it's not great if you don't answer the phone. 
John will probably just play for you, um, and then you'll see how John goes. People have gone just oppo of Justin and won. That might be a strategy. That might be a strategy. Just go oppo Justin and see if you win. Uh, it doesn't always work, but it's worked enough that it's kind of embarrassing for Justin. Yep. At 9.50, exactly, caller number four is going to play Beat the Limo Guy tomorrow. Just go oppo. Just go oppo. Yeah. No, that's that's been the whatever he picks, take the other side. You fade him? It's a double banger, too. That's right. And the double banger has to come back. Double bang! you got to do Bang, bang! I have to do, the, have to do, the, have to do the explosions? Yes, do the explosions. I'm going to pick games. I'm going to let the coin tomorrow. Huh. I actually, the coin has spoken. I don't have a coin. He doesn't have a coin. Change in their pockets. I was literally going to flip a coin for today. I'm going to I'm going to pick an entire weekend slate of NFL games but, as a but, coin boy. A coin boy. I'm glad we're back to the gambling part of the show because I have a, a special segment on Monday. We'll keep track of your bets. And, oh, hey, that's not fun. And it'll be called Dollars or Doofus. No, 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 no. Let's just let it sit there on a Friday. We'll, Whatever we'll, we say sits there. No, and then we'll find out. No, forward. it doesn't have to come. If you Dollars people, or Doofus? Yeah, if you, if you guys cost people money, you're the Doofus. Or they're the doofus for listening to you. One of the two. Or, yeah, that, or, or you got them from dollars. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Dollars or doofus. All right. We'll do dollars that. Or doofus. Uh, you know what else we'll do? We'll help you save your life. If you Go ahead and stick your tongue underneath yeah, by your gum there and push it and see, you know, how that's going to feel to put something time and time and time and time and time again. That's what you're doing when you dip. I mean, I can't even imagine that you're not developing sores or it's just a so... Uh, sensitive there because you put a dip in there all the time, all the time, all the time. I can't imagine. Can you uh, uh, put a nicotine tobacco in that same spot and you think it's not going to be dangerous? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So what you need is hemp in a pouch made of hemp with CBD oil. Okay. The hemp is not dangerous. Okay. It's just, it's not going to hurt you. Not like nicotine is. And it, you get the same sensation. You can get the same flavor. If you like dark fired, if you like citrus, if you like whatever flavor you like tobacco, they have tobacco flavor, but they don't have tobacco in it. What they have is the flavor, and you, my friends, are going to benefit because you're not going to be endangering your life, literally endangering your life by dipping every day. 975dip.com. It's so good. CBD American Shaman has said we want this in our stores because it has CBD and it has healing power. So you're looking for the best way to dip safely, without tobacco, without nicotine, and yet you still get that same sensation. 975-DIP.com, 975-DIP.com. 